Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Mercado Maestro podcast. I'm your host, Flynn Jameson, and today we are going to be talking about Shade Protocol. For those of you who don't know, Shade Protocol is the leader in private by default DeFi. And I'll explain a little bit about what that means and what they're looking to do. Um, so let's just dive right in. So foundationally speaking, Shade Protocol is built on the Secret Network blockchain. And the Secret Network is a Cosmos ecosystem IBC inter-blockchain communication protocol compatible blockchain. And I know that might sound a little technical, but really what you need to understand is that Shade is a suite of applications that are designed to protect your privacy when you're engaging with financial services. And they have spent a lot of time developing this suite as well as fine-tuning and seeing where the bugs are, getting community involved. And so I want to give a little rundown of what different products and services they offer now and what we can look forward to from Shade Protocol in the future. So starting off, we're going to take a look at this side menu here. It looks nice and, and slick. So first off, we have the bridge function. Now, to put it in simplest terms, this just enables you to bridge your assets from a number of other Cosmos and external blockchains to, as you can see, other chains. So, for example, going off of the Cosmos ecosystem, you can bridge your Cosmos assets over to Secret Network using this bridge. And in addition to that, you can also bridge Ethereum-based assets, Osmosis, Stride, Comdex, Axelar, you get the picture. There's quite a bit to choose from here. And on the flip side, of course, you can bridge over to a variety of other compatible chains. Now, where it says connecting wallet, I don't have my wallet connected in here, but you have four options currently. You have Kepler, which is probably the most popular Cosmos ecosystem compatible web wallet which is also available on mobile. There's Starshell, which is a bit more niche. They're secret network only, and currently they are only available on desktop. They're not mobile yet. Then you have Finna, which is mobile only, and then MetaMask, which is currently only for bridging over assets. However, the Shade development team has said publicly that they are working on integrating full MetaMask compatibility, so that's pretty cool. But uh, pretty straightforward on the bridge. I think that it's necessary. You need to have a way for people to bring their assets over to the secret network and vice versa. So let's go into probably the most popular aspect of Shade Protocol, which is Shade Swap. And this was highly, highly uh, regarded as their flagship product that they put the most effort and time into. So the basic premise is that you can swap from pretty much any of these listed assets, and as you can see, there's quite a bit of them, into pretty much the same list of assets. Now, 
This is, for all intents and purposes, the decentralized exchange that Shade has built. Now, the way this works is you have your front-facing swap feature, but then you have the real golden goose, which is the liquidity pools. Now, I'm not going to go into detail about every single one of these because I think that that's overkill, but I do want to make a few important points about these pools. So first and foremost, if you don't know what a liquidity pool is, in short, it is a derivative that is backed by usually two assets that are pooled together and deposited into a contract. And then that contract creates a token called an LP or liquidity pool token. And you then deposit that liquidity pool token into whichever pool you're using. And then you, you earn a yield from your investment. And as you can see, this is the annual percent yield generated by each of these pools. And clearly you can see this shade in Agoric is currently yielding 101% APY. But something to keep in mind, and this is very important whenever you're dealing with DeFi, whenever you see gigantic yields, be careful because they usually don't stay that high forever. And also such a high yield generally means that the risk is also pretty high. And specifically with this first pool, which is paying 101%, you look at the liquidity, there's only $8,300 in liquidity in this pool. And as you can see, every pool has statistics listed out showing you how much of each asset is pooled in the contract, as well as the price for converting from asset to asset. So as you can see for this, 0.0387 shade tokens per BLD or Agoric tokens. The swap fee collected by the LP is 0.29%. So think of that as your transaction fee for using shade swap. So if you were to swap from shade to BLD, you would pay a 0.29% swap fee. And that is collected by the liquidity pool and then a portion of those fees are then distributed to the holders in the form of a swap fee annual percentage yield. And that is 5.5%. Now, with some of these liquidity pools, you will notice that the APY is paid out in multiple assets. And this is one of the incentives that's been created by Shade Protocol to encourage people to involve themselves. And to give you a good example, that one, that one, going down to, let's see here. What's important to remember is that also whenever you're looking for yield, to always be aware of what the liquidity pool is holding. So a lot of the, let's call them DeFi 1.0 protocols from 2020 and 2021 guaranteed these gigantic yields that were completely unsustainable and they all crashed. And following the US Terra 
DPEG event and the subsequent collapse of the entire Terra ecosystem, people definitely lost a lot of money and it created an environment in which people became very desperate to recoup their losses. So always be aware of what assets are being pooled. And I'll give you an example of how this works and using the Alter and Staked Secret liquidity pool as an example. So shout out to Alter and Alter Network. They're doing some fantastic work. I'm actually going to be creating a video walkthrough of their decentralized communications application in the near future. And this liquidity pool is actually one of the few places where you can earn a yield on your Alter tokens in a liquidity pool. Now, keep in mind that the liquidity is very, very low in this pool. As you can see, $6,100. That's it. Compare this to something like Uniswap or PancakeSwap for Binance Smart Chain, where you're looking at billions of dollars in liquidity or hundreds of millions or tens of millions. So keep in mind that many of these liquidity pools on ShadeSwap are very small and this is very early on in their development so I would expect there to be more money flowing in as time goes on as reputation is built in the community but what I want to bring attention to is the pairing that we have here and I've spoken in great detail with some of the shade devs and they've explained it to me like this so typically you will see one of two assets either a volatile asset or a stable asset. And keep in mind, stable is a subjective term. We all know what happened with the US Terra stablecoin that was pegged to the one-to-one -one US dollar ratio in the Terra ecosystem. We all know that on the Anchor Protocol, you could earn 19% interest on your UST deposits and the Terra team got in big trouble for essentially printing money that they created out of thin air and so it's very important to have sustainable yield and this is not a concept that many people understand because they're only looking for the highest return possible and that's a pretty high risk approach to take especially when you're dealing with such small narrow focused niche products like ShadeSwap. So with this pool, you have Alter and Staked Secret, and neither of those assets are what we would call stable, or even for that matter, stable coins. Now, because it is a volatile with volatile pairing, as you can see, an 83% APY is extremely high. And even though it is not showing the token, that full 83% is paid out in Alter tokens. So if you were to pool your Alter and Stake Secret into this liquidity pool, you would be paid 83% in Alter tokens. Contrast that with the Silk and Shade token liquidity pool. Silk is the native stablecoin for the Secret Network that Shade has developed, and I will go into more detail about Silk in a little while and that is paired with the shade token now this is a stable with volatile pairing so the way this works 
Say, for example, the value of the shade token goes down. Well, on the flip side, the amount of silk collateralizing this pool would be increased to compensate. So as you can see right now in this pool, the total amount of silk pooled is 428,745 tokens, or $452,000, versus $458,000 in shade tokens. And this tells you that the pool is tilted a little bit towards shade tokens, which obviously is the primary focus of it, being the native token for the entire protocol. And as you can see, the swap fee APY is 3%. And the fee collected by the LP for swapping is 0.29%. So once again, very low fees. And that is one of the major selling points, in my opinion, for using ShadeSwap, is that it's not going to break the bank for these bigger liquidity pools for transaction fees. It's, this is nothing like Ethereum, where you pay five times the amount of your transaction and gas fees. This is very low cost, and you don't have all that much slippage. And just to kind of scroll through and show you guys what we're dealing with, so another one you have here, and this is referred to as a stable swap pool. So Adam and Q Adam, and the Q stands for Quicksilver Staked, and Quicksilver is a liquid staking derivative protocol that has been developed in the Cosmos ecosystem. And as you can see, this pool is highly, highly tilted towards the Q Atom derivative rather than the regular Atom token. And just to clarify, as you can see, and I'll zoom in for you guys so you can see a little better, that tiny little S insignia in the corner represents that this Atom token is wrapped to the secret network. This is not a Cosmos hub native Atom token. This is a secret network wrapped token, as all of the tokens are on this platform. As you can see, the little S in the corner. And with Staked Secret, and I didn't mention this, just to clarify, as you can see that tiny little symbol in the corner, that represents the Shade Protocol wrap, which is where Staked Secret is ultimately uh, housed. And I'll, I'll go into detail about that in a little bit as well. So just to be aware that this, technically speaking, is a one-to-one -one pool because it's looking at the same asset just in a different form factor. So you could argue from a traditional financial perspective that the secret network wrapped Atom token is a derivative of the original Atom token from the Cosmos hub. Whereas the Q Atom token is a derivative based on the secret network Atom token, but processed by Quicksilver. So that's just something to keep in mind. I know it can get a little confusing with all the terminology that's thrown around. It does get a little bit overwhelming to see all the different options. But the purpose of this entire swap mechanism is to give you options. It's to give you variety because a lot of times there's a heavy focus on one or two assets and that's it. And that's fine for some people. But if you're looking for a variety of ways to earn yield, you want different options. You want different tokens to be able to deposit for yield. 
And as you can see, there are many pools that have silk. And just to show you, and you can search for this yourself, you can see all the assets that have liquidity pools with silk tokens. And there's, there's quite a lot of them, to be fair. And all of these here in the purple outline are what they call stable swap pools. For example, silk and IST, silk and USK, silk and US dollar tether, silk and US dollar coin, silk and CMST. So there are definitely what we would consider lower risk profile LPs that you can utilize. I personally avoid certain things such as US dollar coin and if I can I also avoid US dollar tether. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not trying to influence anyone one way or another, but just to be aware that on the back end of these assets you do have heavy centralization. So if you're looking to get away from these custodians and these centralized financial institutions that are trying to strangle the freedom out of cryptocurrency, just be aware that not all of these assets are created equally. And I believe that the yield also reflects that. Because as you can see with Silk USDC and Silk USDT, you're only earning 16.3%. Whereas with Silk USK, 21.7%, Silk IST, 23%. So the yield really will vary depending on what the assets are, and the amount of liquidity in them will also adjust over time. And as the liquidity increases, the yield will typically decrease, and vice versa. As the liquidity decreases, the yield will typically increase in order to incentivize more deposits. And this is just one way of incentivizing investment. It isn't the only way, but this is just the way I understand Shade Protocol has incentivized investment. And as you can see, they even have assets like wrapped Ethereum. So they're not trying to completely avoid centralized cryptocurrencies, but the focus is certainly on the more decentralized ones. And you might ask, why is it that there's these pools here with 0% APY? And the reason is very simple. These are only for liquidity. These are not incentivized pools at this time. And you might say, well, what's the purpose of pooling your assets in something that doesn't pay you a return? Well, the answer is to provide liquidity for the swaps. That's the entire purpose, really, from the other side of that perspective. And there are certainly a lot of assets and a lot of pools that don't have any yield. But what's important is that there are options. And that's really the main idea that I want to convey with this. So moving ahead, now we have the dashboard. And I, I am a sucker for charts. I love charts. I love analytics. I love seeing how people explain things visually. I think it's extremely important for investors, for working groups, and you know, for day traders as well, to be able to see what's going on within the protocol. Now this is the daily chart for the liquidity within the whole of Shade Protocol. So it's not just Shade Swap and the liquidity pools, it's everything. Now as you can see on July 18th, 
At 2 a.m., the liquidity was up to 7.94 million, and now we are currently around 7.55 million. I wouldn't read too much into that decline. It does vary, you know, from day to day. As you can see, especially since its original launch, on June 25th, there was $8.66 million. And this is also dependent upon the value of the underlying assets. So if the value of the assets in the protocol go up, the amount of liquidity will increase. That's just a byproduct. And since we are in what I would consider to be still a very deep bear market, I would not expect these numbers to go ballistic anytime soon. I think that this is the ideal time to build, and I commend Shade Protocol for doing that because it's very important to build things that are sustainable for the long term. Only focusing on the short term will bring you pain. And I think that this bear market in the past couple of years has demonstrated that better than anything. Just to wrap up before we dive into the rest of this, the dashboard shows you the top tokens. So for example, today's top tokens, the Stride Private Atom token, $18 million have been traded. And you might say, how come the price of Stride Private Atom is higher than the price of regular Atom tokens? And the answer is quite simple. With any of these liquid staking derivatives, such as Stride, there is a yield paid out to stakeholders. So if you deposit and stake your Atom tokens with Stride, you want to get a return from that. Well, where do you think that return comes from? It comes from the difference in pricing. And whether that be 10% or 20%, it doesn't really matter. There's always going to be a fluctuation in price. And a good example, visually, is between State Secret, which is the Shade Protocol SCRT token derivative, and the regular Private Secret token. As you can see, the State Secret is $0.45, cents, whereas the Private Secret is $0.33. Cents. That's a $0.12 cent difference. That's a, that's a big difference. That's more than 30%. But that is the premium that is being paid right now for access to the staking secret, staked secret derivative. And when we get to the stake tab, I'll, be, I'll show you what exactly is involved with staked secret. But the main idea is that this is a derivative. And with any derivatives, there are always risks to be aware of. But as long as you are aware of those risks and cognizant of what can happen, it's, it's always nice to have options. And lastly, of course, top pools. That's pretty obvious. Any, any standard analytics page should show you exactly what the best you know, performers and highest volume pools are. And as you can see, the top one is Atom and Stride Atom followed by Silk USDC, Private Secret with Staked Secret, Shade with Staked Secret, and then Silk with Stride Atom. So moving on to Borrow. So this is Shade Lend. And Shade Lend is a relatively new product from Shade. And as you can see, these are all the different kinds of collateral that you can pledge to borrow Silk tokens. Now, as you can see, 
the interest rate is 0%. And you might say, how is that possible? How does it, how does it cost nothing to borrow SILK tokens? That's simply how it's set up right now. This is not going to be a permanent fixture. It is not going to remain zero forever. But for the time being, as Shade is trying to attract investment, a 0% interest loan is, is hard for some people to, to pass up. And as you can see, with available silk, the largest availability right now is your atom token, your secret or private atom token. There's 443,730 available silk tokens. And it's not being used very much. That's, that's why. If you go down to the second one, USDC, there's 416,623 silk tokens. And that vault utilization is almost 70%, which shows you that that is highly utilized. It is one of the most demanded assets for borrowing silk. And as you can see, US dollar tether is 81% utilized. And just to show you the screen, so obviously with connecting your wallet, it'll show you your silk balance, the amount of debt you owe, and you can of course deposit your asset. And it also shows you the current price, the collateral, liquidation risk, and loan to value. And of course, it'll also show you the vault statistics for that particular asset. So as you can see, there is currently 821,376 US dollar tether tokens deposited. And that has resulted in 569,079 silk tokens borrowed. And of course, you'll have to create a viewing key to be able to actually see any of the information. Um, but I think it's very important for any financial services business to have lending and borrowing. And so now we go over to earn, and this just shows you the silk tokens. You can deposit or withdraw them. And it tells you right now that there are 650,935 silk tokens in the pool right now for earning reward. And as it says here, the Silk Earn Pool empowers users to lock up their Silk tokens and earn liquidated lend positions. In the Earn Pool, the protocol distributes liquidated collateral at a discounted rate to the Silk depositors. Passively earn yield with Silk. The more liquidation activity, the more rewards for Silk Earn participants. Moving along, of course, to the flagship, Silk. Now, Silk was originally designed to be very similar to the U.S. Terra stablecoin from the Terra protocol. We know what happened. U.S. Terra fell into a death spiral and it never recovered. So, after that fiasco took place, and this was very much made public, Carter, the head of Shade, as well as his core devs, completely redesigned the Silk stablecoin. They found that they had to over-collateralize it, and pegging a stablecoin to a single asset seemed to be a pretty risky idea. And this is not to say that there aren't stablecoins out there that are pegged one-to-one, -one, that aren't reliable, 
There certainly are. You could argue that U.S. dollar coin and U.S. dollar tether have proven time and time again that one-to-one -one pegs can work, especially if you have the assets to back it. But silk is an entirely different animal, and I want to spend a little time explaining this because this is very cool to me. And I personally believe that this is a potential game changer, not just for the secret network, not just for the Cosmos ecosystem, but for all of cryptocurrency as a whole. Now, to be fair, Silk is extremely small in market cap. As you can see, not even three and a half million dollars of it exists. And according to the official statistic, there are 3,281,278 Silk tokens in supply right now. And as you can see, the Silk peg is one Silk token is one dollar and five and a half cents. Or on the flip side, one US dollar will buy you 0 0.948 Silk tokens. And this chart here shows you the price of the Silk peg or the value of the Silk peg. It has gone down a little bit, but I wouldn't be as concerned because it is over collateralized and it's not a one to one. And of course, as you can see, you can borrow silk or you can buy silk. If you click buy silk, it'll take you to the swap feature. And of course, you know, for example, let's say you have 10 Atom tokens. You want to buy 84.46 silk tokens. And as you can see, the conversion rate for US dollars is pretty pretty close. You're looking at $89.87 to $89.12. That's only a loss of 75 cents. And the slippage tolerance is very low. The price impact of the actual asset is extremely low. The trade fee is extremely low and it shows you the best route that is optimal for your transfer. So if you're looking to do this specific swap, you go from your private Atom token to Silk, you'll go through Stride Staked Private Atom first, and then to Silk. So just something to be aware of, that the swap feature will route you to the most efficient way of acquiring Silk. And as it says here, this route contains a stable swap, the Private Atom to Stride Private Atom. That's a one-to-one. -one. Now going back to Silk, this is what is most unique about Silk, in my personal opinion. Now, it's no secret that US dollar tether and US dollar coin are number one and number two. Nothing else really comes close. There have been very public crackdowns on Paxos, on Binance, and on many other so-called stablecoin issuers. So Silk has a very different makeup. And I want to stress this more than anything else. With the current regulatory environment that we are experiencing, there is no certainty. We do not know what the SEC is going to come out and say tomorrow. We do not know what the Federal Reserve is going to say at their next meeting. We have no clue whether there will be a global scale crackdown on all foreign exchange conversions from fiat to cryptocurrencies, but Silk is designed 
to evolve. And they actually just put out a YouTube video on their channel talking about how Silk was designed to evolve with a changing regulatory environment. So just real fast to give you a quick rundown, you can read the weightings. So the biggest weighting for the basket is the U.S. dollar at 33.5%. I think this is prudent. So long as the U.S. dollar is the most used currency in the entire world, it's important to have it as part of the basket. That just makes sense to me. Second up, you have the euro. Once again, perfectly practical approach. The euro dollar system, or as we like to call it, the offshore banking system, is bigger than anyone really knows. And the two major currencies in it are the U.S. dollar and the European euro. So it makes sense that 56% of the basket is in those two currencies. Next up, we have a very interesting addition. Gold at 18% of the basket. Now, there are many different arguments against gold. There are lots of people in the blockchain and crypto space who don't like gold, who think that gold is outdated, that it isn't efficient, you can't transport it, it doesn't have the same mobility as digital currency. But the truth is that gold has always had a place in the monetary system, regardless of whether it is accepted as currency or not. And no matter what happens in the future, gold is by far the most valuable precious metal in terms of money. Because looking at this from a historical perspective, even though in the past, precious metals like palladium have been more expensive to purchase than gold, Palladium is not used as money. It is incredibly scarce in comparison to gold. And so gold has a place in the global financial system. And if you've been paying attention these last several years, you would know that central banks all around the world have been stockpiling physical gold. So having that as the third biggest part of the basket, I think is prudent. I think that out of all the commodities that the shade dev team could have picked from, gold also has the most stable value. You know, you could argue that, well, they should have included oil. Well, let's give a quick counter argument to that. You could argue that for the last 50 years, the US dollar was backed by oil priced in dollars by the Saudis. That agreement no longer exists. There is no backing of the U.S. dollar by anything other than our debt. So to make the argument that oil would be a better commodity to put in a basket, oil is far more volatile than most other commodities. And even though it is in high demand and it is used in every country in the world, oil does not have price stability in the same way that gold does. So just to tally it up, for those at home who are not big fans of math, with the dollar, with the euro and gold, that is 74% of the basket. So the vast majority of the basket currently, three-fourths of it, is in those three assets. Now looking at the last three, you have the Japanese yen. To me, once again, this is pretty practical of an approach. The Japanese yen is one of the 
most used currencies in the financial markets in the world. There's a lot of Japanese yen-denominated debt out there, and the Japanese are also one of the United States and Canada's and Europe's biggest trading partners. So it makes sense to have them as a separate part of the basket, as well as also capturing any sort of appreciation in the value of the yen, too. As we saw in the last few years, the Japanese yen appreciated against the dollar quite a lot. And that did shock some people, but I think it's important to keep a more global perspective of things. Now, finishing up the fiat currencies, we have the Canadian dollar. Now, I personally am not a fan of the Canadian dollar. I think it is relatively useless. Nobody outside of Canada uses the Canadian dollar. Many Canadians don't even want the Canadian dollar. But as a large part of the cryptocurrency and blockchain community is, is Canadian, I think it's also important to include them because inclusion is what matters here. You want to have a diversified basket of assets that are not solely dependent upon one country. And even though the Canadian dollar is not used outside of Canada, Canada is a large resource exporting country. And those natural resources are what is truly valuable in the world economy. And on the other hand, when it comes to the US dollar versus the Canadian dollar, it's a relatively stable exchange rate for years. So it's not an extremely volatile currency, and that provides further stability in the basket. And finally, to wrap up this silk section, we have Bitcoin at 6.44%. Now, I think it's pretty obvious why Bitcoin was picked as the cryptocurrency to include in the basket. It's the largest by far. It's the biggest proof of work blockchain in the world. Monero is not exactly what we would call easy to track. There's no tr there's no traceability. And when it comes to keeping track of supply and demand, Bitcoin is far superior to Monero. There just aren't the same tools available for a private blockchain as there are for a public one. So going down to stake, and this is specifically for the shade token. Now, with the liquidity pools, you're staking two assets together in a pooled token and then depositing that token into the contract to earn yield. With shade token staking, this is a single asset staking contract. And as you can see, there's a total of 749,000 shade tokens staked out of a current circulating supply of 1.412 million or about 53% of the total staked. Now, this can have some unintended consequences depending on the timing of this all because the circulating supply of shade is so small. Out of the total 10 million, only 1.412 million are circulating. This may create a supply shock in the future, but this also encourages people to diversify their investments in shade. Instead of focusing slow, solely on liquidity pools, which have high yields but also have higher risk, this is a single asset that you're staking. And I did want to mention one thing about the liquidity pools. Those have instant liquidity. There is no unbonding period to wait. And as you can see, 
this differs dramatically with that. The unbonding period is seven days. So if you deposit your shade tokens on a Monday, you're going to have to wait until the next Monday to unstake them if that's when you decide you want to remove your funds. And of course, the user interface is very, very simple. You know, unstake, connect your wallet to see. And there is a feature coming up called DShade, which is a derivative of Shade. I don't know very much about it. It is a feature that is being developed right now, so stay tuned. And you can follow Shade on their YouTube, on Twitter, and of course in their Telegram chat. They always disclose the latest updates in there. And moving on to bonds. And for anybody who's coming from the traditional financial system, you'll know that bonds are the underpinning of almost everything. And this is on purpose because you need something to serve as a stable store of liquidity. Because with your liquidity pools, you can withdraw at any time. Theoretically, you can have a digital bank run. And this is a very real risk to keep in mind. So, with bonds, you have a fixed bonding period of 30 days. So your asset, for example, with shade, you deposit it. And after 30 days, you can withdraw and get your yield. Now, as you can say, as you can see, shade has lost value since this bond was created. And also notice that there is no quantity available for this. There are no current shade bonds out there that you can buy. So this is a little bit moot point right now, but let's just take a look at the staked secret. Refresh in the page. Okay. So with Stake Secret, as you can see, the market price is 46 cents. There's no discount currently, and there's 7,195 of these bonds available right now. Of course, same 30-day discount, and you can determine what your price slippage tolerance is. And this V Secret, is redeemable one-to-one -one with your private secrets. So it's, it's not as if you're losing purchasing power on that. But keep in mind, that is redeemable in private secret, not staked secret. So staked secret, as you can see, is 46 cents, but your private secret is less. So that's just something to keep in mind. Moving on to derivatives. And this was actually Shade Protocol's original product. I personally used this last year. I found it to be very easy to use. Now, if you thought that seven days of an unbonding period was too long, uh, don't go near this. Because this is 21 days plus a batch time of up to three days. So this is meant more as a longer term, longer time horizon focused investment. So you stake your secret token and you get your staked secret. The exchange rate is currently 1.38 secret tokens 
per staked secret token. So as you can see, you are also paying for part of the yield. The yield for the staked secret token is 26.5%. And as you can see, if this were a one-to-one -one swap, this would imply there's a 38% premium to obtain the staked secret. And that also contributes to the increased price of the staked secret token in the swap. So just a quick rundown for staked secret. There are currently 5. Point, let's say 2 million staked secret tokens in supply. The community rewards are 1,333. Stake secret market cap is 2.37 million, so very, very small, and of course your APY. And then, as you can assume, withdrawal, similar process, same exchange rate, just going the opposite direction. Now let's go to portfolio, and if you connect your wallet, once again, it'll show you your viewing keys and give you your balances. I don't have that connected right now, but I do just want to show you that the portfolio page is quite extensive. It has a lot of assets listed and I'm sure that they're going to add more over time. This is just what they have right now. And looking at what we have, as you can see, there is private wrapped Bitcoin from Axelar and private wrapped Ethereum from Axelar. So if you're one of those purists, who prefers to deal in Bitcoin or Ethereum, there's a place for you here. You can earn yield on your assets here. Now, kind of wrapping this up, no pun intended, we have the wrap function. And this is very straightforward. You take your, your asset that you're coming from, whatever it might be, let's say the secret, and all this does is it takes your secret token and it wraps it onto the secret network as a private secret token. That little S prefix stands for the private secret token. So the thinking behind this is when you are holding your regular secret token, that token, every transaction you make, every transfer you make is all publicly documented and verifiable on the blockchain. And this is very important because for whatever reason, originally the secret network did not put enough emphasis on that fact. People were misled to believe that the secret token is truly secret and that the blockchain is private. And that is just not true. However, the private secret token is, is more obscure that's not to say that eventually someone won't be able to trace these transactions, but converting it into the private token enables a degree of privacy. And this can be done for Atom, this can be done for Osmo, this can be done for Kuji, for USK. As you can see, I mean, it can be done for any of these assets. And as you can see, there's a lot of stride staked private assets that you can use as well. Now finishing up, we have the migration page. There have been several notable upgrades on the secret network. 
What this has done primarily is it has changed the security and encryption standards in the smart contract. So previously, you had what was deemed SNP, S-N-I-P, dash 20. And that was the standard for quite a while for most of these secret network tokens. However, recently, especially with the most recent upgrade, it has been changed to SNP 25. So the migration page is to migrate your SNP 20 assets to SNP 25 assets. And this can be done with several, and depending on what you have in your wallet, it will tell you what you can migrate over. And then of course we have the airdrop. I'm not gonna go into too much detail on that because the airdrop was only for people who were staking funds in their wallets last year. So this doesn't really affect any newcomers to the space. And then finally, a more recent addition to the Shade Protocol menu is the utilities function. Um, it reads, because of secret network privacy, some types of transactions are encrypted and the data will not be readable on a public block explorer. Connect your wallet to decrypt your data. And this is where privacy comes into effect. So with the regular on-chain secret token, everything's public. But if you have private secret tokens, as it says, some of those are encrypted and the data is not readable. So you have to connect your wallet in order to read it. And lastly, you have your permit management. In order to view balances and see the contents of contracts, you need to have viewing permits all straightened out. Now to give a final overall summation of Shade Protocol, Shade Protocol is focused on bringing to you private by default DeFi. Shade Protocol believes that it is your inherent right to privacy. It doesn't matter whether you believe that you're entitled to privacy. They believe you are. And this extends to all sorts of financial services. What I have shown you today is just what they have available to you right now as of July 24th, 2023. There are already new features being discussed publicly by the team, derivative of Shade, D-Shade being one of them, as well as other features that you associate with decentralized exchanges like order books. And of course, there will be more liquidity pools. And I'm sure there's a, a nice long list of other features, which you can read about in Shade Protocol's blog entry about the meta engine and what their proposition is for a private financial services-based economy. I think that in today's world, where too many people have completely given up on privacy, Shade sets itself apart because they give you privacy by default. They aren't looking to turn you in. They aren't looking to expose you or your, your liquidation levels for your loans. We saw with US Terra that it was very easy for people with money to force liquidations and they helped create the death spiral. So moving forward, I think that Shade is an incredibly important project and you should check them out if you're interested. Their development team and their founder Carter are very accessible people. You can reach them in their community discord 
You can send them a message on Twitter. You can always join the Shade Protocol community chat on Telegram. That's where I am. I like to be active in there. It's very easy to communicate with people. They're very open about what they're doing. They like discussing these things, and they are always open to help solve problems. I've even seen instances of 2 or 3 in the morning where Carter himself has answered questions and concerns from community members. So it really does go to show the level of dedication and commitment to delivering a viable and fully functional end product to the user, which in today's marketplace is more important than ever before. I hope you've learned something from this little walkthrough that I did. I know that some of the technical terminology can get a little overwhelming, but everything that Shade does is also explained in their documentation, which you can find on their website. And as you can see, if you click on Learn, it's nice and convenient. It shows you how to use the bridge, shows you tutorial articles, how to bridge your Ethereum assets, talking about derivatives, talking about the migration, talking about the swap feature, and of course, just a main support. You can always inquire. They are very responsive. And I personally believe that that sets them apart from everything else.